The Word of the Lord, from Ezekiel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. He said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak with you. And as he spoke to me, the Spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. And I heard him speaking to me. And he said to me, Son of man, I send you to the people of Israel, to nations of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants are also impudent and stubborn. I send you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel Proclamation comes from the prophecy of Ezekiel that I just finished reading for you and serves as the basis of our theme for this sixth Sunday after Pentecost. We are a stubborn and rebellious lot. Let me tell you, Pastor, she is a rebellious and stubborn little girl. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've heard this from young parents of little girls. And I can't tell you how much joy it gives me to hear it every time. But not because I relish their frustration with their child. I know that's rough but rather because I know that if that stubborn and rebellious girl can channel that energy for the gospel, they will be stubborn enough to tell the boys where to go when they try to take advantage, stubborn enough to stand up for what is right rather than what is expedient, and stubborn enough to glorify God rather than fall in line with all that is wrong in this world. For the Christian today, being stubborn and rebellious is almost a spiritual gift, which God can and often does harness for his glory. Ezekiel was likewise called in a time and a place when being rebellious and stubborn for God was necessary for spiritual survival. As captives in Babylon, faith in the one true God was neither in fashion nor even legal in some periods of their captivity. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were cast into a fiery furnace for their faith, and Daniel was thrown into the lion's den for his faith. Now, they could follow the law, live peaceably and prosper, but as we learn from today's prophecy, that was a different rebellion and stubbornness altogether. Truly, honestly, and outwardly obeying God can and does have its consequences today as well. You can actually lose tax-exempt status as a charitable organization 
Because being biblical is now defined as being political. The government can and does attack Christian colleges for their adhering to biblical values and their students' code of conduct. You've heard from me more than once that the Equality Act passed by the House of Representatives guts the Religious Freedom Restoration Act and threatens constitutional freedoms by eliminating conscience protections from Civil Rights Act. If enacted, H.R. 5 would force employers, medical professionals, educators, and religious organizations to allow men into women's shelters, pay for or perform sex change operations, and engage in speech that violates their consciences. Faith-based adoption and foster care agencies would be forced to violate their belief that every child deserve a mother and a father. And Section 2A2 of the bill refers to the belief that marriage is between a man and a woman as a sex stereotype. This stigmatizes the beliefs of hundreds of millions of Americans, including Catholics, evangelicals, and Jews. So clearly, being an openly professing biblical Christian may take a little stubbornness and rebellion to protect our First Amendment freedoms, and we may be castigated for our openness in that regard. Years ago, I worked with a stubborn and rebellious window treatments installer in Colorado. My job was to inventory and store window treatments, answer customer complaints, and schedule the installers at a time convenient for the customer to install their custom blinds and curtains. This was a logistical nightmare for me. And I only lasted about a year and a half doing it. The customers would yell at me. The installers would yell at me. And the factory where the blinds were made would yell at me. Because it was hard to make all three happy with the expected delivery of product. In a way, it was per perfect pastor training. Because I knew how to make everyone unhappy. Well... One of my installers was rebellious and stubborn, and for some reason, my manager defended it. It has taken me years to understand why. You see, this installer was really good at rebelling against the customer, being stubborn with me, and defying the factory. But he was doing it all for the manager. He would help him cover when the distribution was off. He would make my manager look good when he didn't manage well. He wouldn't tell off, he would tell off the factory so my manager didn't have to look bad in their eyes. And he was really good at that until he wasn't. One day, he turned all of his talents away from me, the customers, and the factory and betrayed my manager. Needless to say, he was gone the next day. I suppose it was a matter of time, but as long as he was doing it for the right person the right way, 
His job was secure. As soon as he changed, well, so did his employment with Colorel Blinds. Ezekiel prophesies today that the people of God had gotten stubborn and rebellious towards God rather than for God as they had been before in the midst of so many nations that were always stubborn and rebellious toward God. But starting in the promised land and even to today's time in Babylon, the people of God grew too fond of rebelling against God for idols that promised them what they wanted instead of what they needed. They grew comfortable with the popular way instead of God's way. They even grew prideful in the success of self instead of glorifying God. They began to sacrifice their children, worship their kings, and desecrate God's house with abominations beyond even our modern sensibilities today. Once they were in Babylon, they enjoyed the prosperity, land ownership, and opportunities to learn new skills by joining guilds that only required their public loyalty to gods that offended the one true God. I'm always amazed at my ability to fall into these traps as well. I know what the Bible says. You all know that. I know what a Christian is supposed to do. I even know the consequences when I don't do it. And yet I find myself being stubborn and rebellious against those very things more times than I can count with a calculator. Now, I have already confessed these sins, so nobody gets to judge me for what I did this week. Feel free to laugh, but don't you judge me. Young lady, by the name of Misty, who has struggled in the past, and we have helped her, was driving into the parking lot as I was leaving for a shut-in visit. And for once in my life, I was running about 15 minutes early. I was leaving early, because that would give me about a 15-minute break to check my personal emails and to do a little family planning for Marcy and me. So I had time to stop and check on her, but I didn't. I pretended that I didn't see her and made a beeline out of the parking lot. You know, how when you're driving and you see someone before they see you that you didn't want to see, so you pretend you don't see them when they do see you? Well, yeah, that's exactly what I did. I know. All class, right? In my view, rear view mirror, I could see her going into the office, so I thought, well, at least Shannon, our church secretary, can take care of her. Yeah, I know. All class, right? Well, apparently, the Lord was watching. And you would think, knowing the Bible like I do, I would know that. So guess who was waiting for me in the office with a now irritated secretary, too? You got it. Play Misty for me. Well, she needed some gas. So I told her I would meet her at the gas station and fill her up. I zipped out before her so I could be waiting at the pump. And I got there and waited and waited and waited. About 
15 minutes all told. And then I get a text from Shannon. She lost her keys. I'm not sure, but the text sure sounded angry. So I headed back and after a quick search in the parking lot, found the key. One of my gifts is seeing things in plain sight. And we went to the gas station and got her filled up and on her way. Had I just helped her the first time, it may have been five minutes out of my time and a much happier Shannon. Instead, I lost an hour, made Shannon mad, and although she'll never admit it, she's very professional that way. And either way, I still had to help Misty. I know it's funny, but when it's that easy for your pastor to stubbornly rebel, can you imagine how much easier it is when we are far from God, ignoring his word, and making every excuse possible to spend as much time away from him as we can? Well, being carried off into the captivity of sin is the likely result there. But there is another rebel that can out-rebel any of us. We think we're generous, but a wise stewardship chair from my former church taught me, you can't outgive God. We have some smart scientists out there, but the smartest scientists know they can't create better than God can. And we have some pretty powerful armies with nuclear missiles and jets and tanks. But they compare little to the host of angels that God can dispatch at the snap of his fingers. So if we think we can stubbornly out-rebel God, we have another thing coming. Because God stubbornly resisted the temptation of the devil to give up his crusade for the sake of our souls. God rebelled against the conventions of the Pharisees and the Sadducees to care for the people rather than the princes. God stubbornly rebelled against even death itself by walking out of the grave with his scars as his badges of honor he earned for saving us from our sins. Yes, we are a stubborn and rebellious lot. But he is a stubborn and rebellious God for us and will do anything he has to in order to redeem us, strengthen us, and give us what we need for all eternity. Amen.